You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Band Geek, I'm Richie Castellano. Joining me today is the lovely and talented Andy Escalise. Hello. Man, a few words. <laughs> and uh, over there on the camera today is my buddy, my cousin, Berkeley student, <laughs> film scoring student, future future film scoring extraordinaire, Philip Castellano III. Hello, everyone. Yes. So, what are we doing today? Well, okay. I do get emails from people. I, see, some YouTube videos, they start off like this. All these people are asking me. Like, that means one person asked you or, or, or your mom asked you, right? But for this video, people actually email me and they, and it's not like, they, uh, okay, uh, full disclosure, like a couple uh-huh. people said, yeah. you should do a studio tour. But most of the time it's like, hey, what's that drum set you're using? What's that microphone you're using? What's the guitar process? It's, it's all these like specific questions. What speakers do you use? Now, first of all, I'm flattered that people would even want to know what I'm using <laughs> and replicate this sound. Thank you. Um, <laughs> It sounds okay yeah, down here, yeah, right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm not like, you know, patting myself on the back saying this is the greatest sounding studio in the world. It's not. It's But it's my sound and this is the gear I've cultivated to get that sound. Now, I so, mean, you've, you've been recording since you were a teenager. I've so, been recording since I'm 12. There you go. So. so, but that's the thing. Like, It's a long process to get to here. And, and it's also a process that's not finished. So I was always like hesitant to do a studio tour video because the studio is never done. Right. Because you, you're always, we have gas, gear acquisition syndrome, and what, <laughs> what gas gives you is agita. No, that's, agita is gas. No, what gas, what, the problem with that is you, you're always thinking about what the next piece of gear you're going to get is. And, the, and, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to do it yet because I'm going to swap this out. So no, as of December or, or as of January, <laughs> What are we in? January of 2019. This is my studio setup, subject to change. Right. So um, at this point in time, yeah. this is the journal entry of the studio. That's right. It's subject to change. I'm co- and like like most gearheads, I'm constantly swapping things out. Uh, but I've actually had this set up for a little while, uh, and Andy's with me today mm-hmm. because Andy has been with me on this journey to get the studio. And Andy almost uses the studio as much as me because we're down here recording all the time. And Andy's also one of the only guys, actually Andy and Anne-Marie are certified to operate the Band Geek Studio. They're the kind of, they, I can leave them alone. If Andy has to do work down here, like if he's like, you know, overdubbing a keyboard part or something, I can be like, all right, just, I can go upstairs and make a sandwich and swing my lightsaber around while he, that's not a euphemism either. So I could, I, you know, I can go do that while he can work down here and the same goes for Anne-Marie. So um, it's. It's pretty good right now, so we're going to start the tour, and I'll talk about what's going on here in the studio. And thank you guys for asking these questions. I'm flattered. The first thing people are very curious about, about the Band Geek Studio, is how big it is. And the first thing people are disappointed about when they come down here is how small it is. (laughs) So the problem with my freaking studio is that it's this weird L shape in my tiny house in Staten Island. And this is all I can afford right now. So anyway, um, so let's... um, Let's uh, here. Let's do this. Here, I'll hold you all there. So it's about it's about thirteen feet to this L part of the room, and then to that. Here, hold that. Thank you. Ow. And then it comes straight back here, like about sixteen feet. And then this wall over here. Is that accurate? This I got this rule for Harbor Freight, so no. Let's see. Um, it's about seven feet. So it's like, you know, seventeen by sixteen. Yeah, by it's it's not 15. a it's not a big studio, um, 
but this is what we have to work with. And basically when we come down here and do a band geek, it's a lot of this. So I guess the most sexy way to start is the studio workstation here. This is actually an old um, studio RTA workstation desk that got destroyed in my flood. And my cousin Philip, who's operating the camera, had the ingenious idea of putting it on dollies. So show them that amazing uh, jury rig that you did. Yeah, like that. Those are Home Depot dollies. Good job. Oh, but while we're there, oh, here. Step while step we're here, uh, the heart of the whole studio here, the Band Geek Studio, is the Dell uh, Precision Workstation. This, is, thank you, Andy. <laughs> Um, this has Xeon processors. It's a beefy computer. It's actually spec'd for video production, um, which is if something's spec'd for video production, it can usually more than handle audio production because video is a lot more demanding than audio. But I do a lot of video production down here, so I, I kind of needed it. Like this one. Like this video <laughs> that I will be producing. Um, now, Okay, a question I get asked a lot, and I think Andy and I will have a, a little debate about this, okay. is, you know, why are you using a PC? You're doing music, video, art. Why would you, do, why would you use PC? Isn't Mac the artist's platform? Mm -hmm. Now, you use Mac. Yes. Um, if you go into any major uh, studio, commercial, recording studio, video studio, they probably have... A bunch of Macs. That's a good reason to use it. Now, um, I don't have a problem with Macs. If if Apple wants to give me a computer to use down here, sure. You know what I mean? Great. But uh, if I had to choose, I would pick PC. Uh, it's a personal preference thing. I'm more comfortable on Windows. And I that's just, what it comes down to. It's yeah. a personal preference now. But also, also just to give a, give you a little dig, of course, a little bit. Um, you know, this is a brand new computer that comes in a big tower with PCI slots and USB ports, that's something that you, on the Mac side, have to buy a five-year-old computer to get nowadays, right? Right, well, I don't, I don't need those things. Well, I need them. <laughs> I need PCI slots. I am running a, uh, I think it's a 10, 1080 Ti uh, uh, NVIDIA graphics card, and that actually runs four screens that I have down here. I have um, you know, one, two of the, of the main workstation screens over, yep, that's them, and over there is the um, the streaming touchscreen, which we'll talk about in a bit. I'm going to do the streaming stuff later, and then I have a 4K display over here. That's for watching video edits, and that's also incorporated into the live stream. It's it's just pretty handy. I when I was building the new studio, I said, "What do I like? What would be great?" Because I just had these two for the longest time. And I said, "Well, it would be great if I could have something right here, just for like either plugins or the um, virtual mixer." Just something right here, and it would be great if I can watch playback on a bigger screen. So this is really like a specked out, thought out thing. Now, the one thing I really want to talk about when it comes to building my studio is I, I kind of have a weird way of looking at it. I don't like to do, like, okay, for example, a lot of my friends will say, oh, you got to get this compressor. It sounds amazing. Or you got to get this outboard reverb. The nature of what I do down here and what we do down, down here is... It has to be done quickly. If I can't do it quickly, I don't want it. So I've replaced a lot of things that I felt were slowing down the process. So anything that would make it take more time for me to get from when we, we'll do a video till where I can mix it and put it up on YouTube has to go. So my main like guiding principle here is fast. What makes the workflow faster? That's it. And I feel like I'm at a pretty good point here and I have the tools I need to make this as quick as possible. That's that's my philosophy. Other guys, they'll have tube this and and vintage that and whatever, and that's great. Yes, it sounds phenomenal. I agree. I mean, Andy, you have a beautiful API uh, I do. thing. I do. I have one nice preamp, yeah. and you have a couple. <laughs> but I, I just, you know, it for me, it's got to be, it's got to make things fast. And even like, it was a learning curve when we first started doing Band Geek videos, because we would just, you know, run into problems, and I'd say, you know what, I'm gonna go out and just buy a piece of gear that solves this problem. Right. And 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 it took a few tries of that. Like we would go buy something that would not that would create more problems. That nope, get rid of it. And now we're at a point where it mostly works. <laughs> so um, okay, the next important thing I want to move on to here is this. This is a Motu 1248 interface. This is at the center. Of, of everything, this is the um, 
like the brains of the operation. I just well, the this, computer is. This is the this is like the control center. Does that make make more sense? It, it, this changes uh, audio into and out of the computer. Yeah. So the Motu 1248. The, the deal with that is it's one rack space. It has an unbelievable amount of inputs and outputs, and it's what. Motu calls an AVB interface. So what you can do is, if eventually we want to expand uh, the amount of ins and outs we need, I can just buy another Motu AVB interface, hook them up with Ethernet cables and um, a switch, and what it does is instead of seeing it as two different devices, it just turns your one device into a bigger device. Right. And it makes your AVB network bigger. Uh, w the reason we got it is, aside from all that, it, like I said, has a tremendous amount of inputs and outputs. It's got... Uh, four really great sounding preamps built into it. Two headphone uh, outputs. Got eight uh, analog, eight anal uh, out and in. Two instrument. Yeah, two instrument right at the front. Two headphone right at the front. And it has uh, a bunch of other, like, uh, SPDIF, which we're using. It has two sets of SPDIF, uh, which you can use for, um, you know, like standard quality recording, uh, uh, 16 in and out, or, like, high sample rate, eight in and out. But optical. We, we, yeah, optical. We do, um, you're not SPDIF, right? We have optical. I'm using SPDIF too. Right. We have SPDIF as well. Uh, and so, we have optical, right? And we, we're doing optical. We're doing, we're doing 16 in and out optical and in and out SPDIF as well. So the thing that really made this like the no-brainer for us was that you can mix the BandGeek, all the different, uh, all different BandGeek's mixes on the iPad. Headphone, so Headphones. Yeah, so... All the outputs from that go to this. Okay, then this is the only kind of like questionable piece of gear I have here, but it works great. So, <laughs> so um, it's not you know um, I shouldn't say that. It's it's fine. It's this right here. It's a it's a Behringer PowerPlay uh, headphone mixer. I have them all set to mono right now, and it's basically all eight of the outputs from the uh, the Motu go into that, and then they go. Actually, we can show down here. Some of them go to the snake. So. Uh, that's how we all get our headphone mixes, and everybody's connected to the Wi-Fi here. They can take out their phone or their iPad, and they could mix themselves while we're performing. And right. even though that ends up not happening, it ends up with like <laughs> I end up still doing everybody's mixes. But if everybody wasn't so lazy, they could take out their tablet and they could mix themselves. But it ends up you know with me doing everything. So uh, that's really really cool. The other outputs here go into my speakers. Now speakers. Oh, I want to show you something before I talk about the speakers. Look at what Porkins is doing to Deanna Troy over there. Pork, what a freaking pig. <laughs> it's just, you know what? I feel like that's my uh, my shipping thing. You know what shipping is, Phil? What? It's like fan fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Raylo. Yeah. Like I'm doing um, Troikins. <laughs> so I think if there, was a, if there was a crossover that, you know, Porkins maybe... When Deanna, well, yes, yeah. yeah, okay, whatever. Anyway, getting back, getting back to the point here. So, um, the speakers I think are some of the most important parts of your studio, and when you first build a studio, they're usually overlooked. Like everybody gets like okay speakers the first right. time they they do something. I had okay speakers, and with okay speakers, you get okay mixes. So after many whack mixes. Uh, I, I, no, I was just missing stuff and I'm not saying all my mixes are perfect, but I'm saying one, I, and you'll experience this too. When you get good speakers or better speakers, you, you'll instantly notice your mixes will get better. Why? Because you're hearing better. And if you hear better, you can do better work. These are, um, Dyn Audio BM5As. Uh, they're, I think they're Mark 1s. I think they're the old ones. But when I got these, I automatically like heard a difference in my mixes and I'm not it's not even like a subtle thing that's a, that's another thing like this is why I'm not into like oh you should really get the compressor with this transformer right, right, right. like I, I say this to Anne Marie and, and this is something we we talked about when I was mixing her album I'm like a lot of mix engineers paint with fine brushes I mix with crayons <laughs> right and if I can't hear a dramatic difference Immediately, I'm not interested right. because the, the minutiae you can get like, but it's like, oh, listen, if you, if you squint your ears, like, I'm not interested in that. Right, like, right, I right. want to, I like, this does this, this does this. I just, I, it, and it's got to be fast because I don't have the time to sit there and, yeah. and, and mull that stuff over. I mean, maybe you prefer that. Maybe you no. think I sound like a jerk right now. No. 
But uh, anyway, so that's, those are the speakers. Speakers are very important. Um, the other very, very, very important part of your chain are the microphones. So right here, I'm actually speaking to one right now. Uh, here at BandGeek, we use Audio-Technica microphones. I've been using them since I started recording since I'm 12 years old. I've been using Audio-Technica microphones. The first microphone my Uncle Phil ever gave me was an Audio-Technica, and I ended up loving it. And it was a, a, um, a handheld dynamic mic, which I think I, I had a return to you. <laughs> and uh, um, But when I was in college and I was studying recording, one of the mics I was you know introduced to at that point was the Audio-Technica 4033, which is this mic right now. And I, it, to me, it just did what I wanted it to do. Like, you know, sometimes you put a mic up and you're like, why does this instrument not sound the way right, right. it should? Like, I put, you know, I, I put like a... a com- competitive a competitor's brand <laughs> brand i put brand x's microphone on like a piano and i'm like why does that sound like garbage and not like what i want it to sound like i really got into this microphone when i was recording regina specter's first album uh 11, 11. and the reason is like i would put other microphones on her voice and it didn't sound like her and then this microphone did sound like her and it wasn't that it wasn't that it was like coloring her because i understand that you want some microphones to like give something a different sound right. but this to me was like oh no that's what it sounds like and th- another thing i want to say about audio technica um now this isn't an a- advertisement i was using audio technica long before i had a relationship with them um th- what i want to say about them is that these microphones sound much more expensive than they are would you agree with that yes like what is this like a four hundred dollar microphone yeah. that's what i have yeah we like andy and i the first microphones we bought like when we were yeah, you got yours first actually because i was i was cheap but um (laughs) you know and whenever we recorded like hey dude bring your 4033 over and uh that's it was the first microphone we ever bought and it's a great microphone for the budget-minded but even if you're even if you are a budget-minded producer as your arsenal grows you'll still be able to keep these mics and add to them now there's another mic here so this is um, the mic that we use on Anne Marie. This is a, a fancy mic. This is more expensive. This is a um, this is an Audio Technica forty forty seven, and this is a warmer sounding mic. And when we started doing the Band Geek videos, um, I told Audio Technica they they asked me about you know how the mic's working out, and I said, well, my my wife has a very powerful, like high sharp. high you know, sharp sounding high mid range. Like ex- the high mids are very excited in her voice, and it's and I'm, I I got mail, and it's uh, um, and it's sort of you know it's it's getting hard to get it out of the uh, the the tracks. You don't so, want to do too much EQ. Yeah, I was doing a lot of EQing and DSing, and they said, well, this is what she needs, and we tried this, and this sounds absolutely fabulous on her vocal. Okay, what's next? So we did the microphone. All right, so we went microphone into. Oh, I should talk about the preamps then. Because right. aside from this one, the 1248, I also have a few more preamps. Now, my favorite preamp for vocals, this is a Solid State Logic Alpha Channel. It's pretty affordable, considering that SSL stuff is usually hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, but I love this. It basically gives me... I, I'm a fan of the SSL sound. It's almost like, you know, um, Beatles or Stones or Mets or Yankees. Right. If you're Neve or SSL. What, what are you? Uh, I'm API. You're API. Yeah. Okay. I thought I, I could have sworn you were going to be a Neve guy. I'm a Neve guy. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an. I would go Neve. Neve API. Okay. So like you. For you tracking. So you won the lottery, right? Okay. You win the lottery, and you can put a console in your your new mansion. You would go with the Neve console. I would go with the Neve console, and then an SSL to mix on. Oh, you'd have two. Co- oh, <laughs> Is, he, he won the super lottery. You I'll know. Do, but, I'll do a Neve sidecar. Okay. For, for tracking. And then... For the drums. No, well, I'm an SSL guy. uh, And I can say that because I have one, (laughs) you know, affordable, cheap piece of SSL gear. But let me tell you, it does exactly what I want it to do. It's fantastic. I use it on my voice almost all the time. I use it for the live streams. It's got... It's a channel strip, basically. It's got EQ. It's got some limiting features in there. Uh, I absolutely love this thing. This is my favorite preamp. I wish I could have like, you know, 10 of them. And that you're going digital out. Yeah, this goes digital out into into the interface. So I'm also using the the um, analog to digital conversion there. Uh, under that, I have... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Under that, I have a Universal Audio 4710D. This is a really interesting piece of gear. I uh, reviewed this when I was at AMS, and I ended up liking it and buying one. And I told you to get it. Yeah. So what's cool about this piece of gear is that it has it's four preamps, four tube preamps, and tube, it's like not really a sound I ever had in here. Right. So it's cool. Um, I, I really like it on bass. So it's got four tube preamps, and it also has four pass-throughs, like line-ins. So the way I'm doing it is I have the, um, the optical going from there. So I have the four extra preamps that show up on the snake, and then we have the optical pass-throughs, which is great. It like adds a whole other dimension to your studio. Now that's also, uh, it does, you could run that without the tubes. Yes. It, well, there's a, it's like a variable tube thing. You can, I, I don't really know how it works. And honestly, it, to me, it's not that drastic of a change. There's so, I thought there was a solid. Yeah, it, it goes from, you could, there's a blend knob. Here, let's see, Phil, let's, let's show that. So if you see here, it goes from trans to tube. It's this guy right here. So it goes from transistor to tube sound, and you can blend the two. It's got like a built-in 1176-style compressor. It's a, it's a great unit, and, uh, you know, it's basically... We use that when we start... When we have like a bigger session here, and we need a lot of microphones. And uh, you, know who's, you know whose voice sounds great through that? It's Brandy's. There you go. It's like, it's like you know, silk on Brandy's voice. <laughs> Shout out to Brandy. Okay, um... The next thing we have under that is a Motu 8 Pre. The Motu 8 Pre is, it can be used as an interface, but it can also double as just an 8-channel um, optical preamp. So that's where I have the other ones. And I have things like, you know, uh, the drum, the, um, the sampler, the hand percussion thing, uh, our phone, like all that, like that kind of stuff is going through there, or the the computer output, mm -hmm. you know. So that's like sort of like a a u very utilitarian sounding preamp. It just sounds good. It's clean and quiet, which you know, to me, like clean and quiet. That's what I want. All the all yeah. the schmutzing up. I feel like I can do that in the box. Mm -hmm. That's just me personally. Um, Someone might be watching this video right now saying like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have this? Then? And that's, look, I have no problem with that. But I'm too afraid of making mistakes, especially when I have six people down here and I'm furiously plugging things in and I'm, I don't have time to think about things. Right. It, to me, it's, be, it's more beneficial to make some of these decisions later. Yep. So, all right, what's next? We're just making videos for YouTube. So this is a sort of like an extravagance that I got. This is an Icon Platform M+. Plus control surface, um, I thought I was going to be mixing on here a lot, and I realized that's actually not what I'm using it for. Right. What I use it for is recording background vocals. Okay. Or um, anything, or just any sort of stacked, repetitious sort of part while you're tracking the song. So it's to me, because it just saves your mouse It saves movement. me so much time. It, like, right. just sitting there like, okay, you know. So now what I just do is like, boom, 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 sing, sing, sing. Especially if we're doing like, like the love of my life video when we right. did that, so it, you know, it uh, it just saved me time because I had to do the same part over and over again, you know, like triple track, all these different harmony parts. So to me, to just do that, I can say I don't have to sit down again in between every take. I know it's I know it seems like a stupid thing that I'll just use the mouse. It just takes up time, and anything that makes this process faster helps us. Now, in the battle against whack mixes, what you need is some good merchandise. So if you want to show everybody that their mix is whack, what you could do is you can head on over to richiecastellano.com and go to the store page, and we have all new Band Geek merch. We have your mix is whack t-shirts. We have Band Geek logo t-shirts. We have the uh, animated t-shirts. We got mugs. We got posters. Go there. Also, if you want to support Band Geek, you can go over to richiecastellano.com slash tip jar, and that will bring you to a PayPal form. And if you want to just say, hey, guys, thanks for doing what you're doing, you can just give us a tip. If you use Amazon, use our Amazon link. That's at riotcast.com slash bandgeek. There's an Amazon banner at the top of the page. And you do your uh, you hit, click that before you do your shopping. And then once you check out, a small percentage of your purchase goes to supporting our show. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's a beautiful thing. All right. So back to this. So, yeah, this is the, uh, the icon. I like this a lot. I don't use it a ton, but when I'm tracking, 
this is great to have. Uh, just, you know what? I think eventually, like, if I were to redo everything, I'd probably get, like, a bunch of these. Because these, these are cheap. Yeah. These are, these are for a control surface, yeah. these are very affordable and they work great. But I would want to get, like, a full a full bank of them. because And I can't because I have this. Which brings us to, Look at that segue I just oh, yeah, did. Segue. Look at that. Okay, so this is a Roland XP-10. And I'm laughing because this is just like an old school... There's nothing really special about this. It's got a piano on it. Um, this is... I basically use it as a controller. When we're recording Band Geek videos, we listen to this, but we MIDI the stuff. So right. here's a little secret. When we're doing Band Geek videos, we don't want to sit there futzing with sounds. So we record everything MIDI, and then later on in the computer, we'll use the, the soft synths. Then we take our time getting the right sound. Right. So we in can, the mix. In the mix. So that's how we do it. Um, also, there's a bunch of tape all over this, but I'll, I'll discuss what that is in, a, uh, in the, uh, the streaming portion of this show, because the tape, it's all labeled for something. All right, so we're going to talk about the, the MIDI stuff now. Um, MIDI stuff is, MIDI's MIDI, it's simple. I have a uh, Motu Micro Light here. And I have actually quite a bit of MIDI going on in the studio. There's MIDI coming from this keyboard, MIDI going to the Helix. Um, there's also MIDI going to this TC Electronic uh, reverb unit over here, but that's for the stream. We'll talk about that later. Um, I have... What? Drums. Oh, MIDI or, MIDI's coming from the drum set. Uh, oh, the drum set. Andy, go. Drum set. This is the uh, Roland TD-11. And there's a whole video about that. I added something to this kit for Andy because when I took the the, uh, the drum set out of the box, I realized there was no ride cymbal, and I hope that you're uh, you are thankful that we. I am very it. thankful because it would suck it's without a nice, the ride. It's, it's, it's a nice ride cymbal. It's three zone ride cymbal, and yeah. And we have Andy's uh, Tama bass drum pedal there, because mine was not good enough for him apparently. No, this is the double pedal, so oh. I can do doubly things. <laughs> this is the brain of my guitar studio here. This is what I use 95% of the time. This is a Line 6 Helix rack. It's a total game changer for me. It, it's helped me get better sounds, get them faster. It's, it's an amazing piece of gear. Uh, it is basically the rack version of what I use with Blue Oyster Cult. It's the, you know, studio rack version. Uh, it's got a pedal down there. And, um, which I have a Ernie Ball volume pedal hooked up to that for expression. And yeah, this is this is a total game changer for us. Not only do we record with this, but with BandGeek, what we'll do is we'll record tracking with this. We'll record that sound, and it has a DI out. So right. later on, if I want to refine the sound or change it, I'll go into the computer on Helix Native, which is a plugin inside Pro Tools, which you you like, Phil, right? Mm, I love it. Um, and that will uh, and that just gives us more flexibility to even get closer when we're doing covers mm -hmm. or if something's just not sitting right in the mix. That's that's what we'll do. Um, other guitar stuff. Okay, this is really cool. There's a. I used to be. My first like nice boutique guitar amp I ever got was a VHT GP3, and even though the Helix stuff was like much easier to use, I still wanted to keep using that, so I kept it in the rack here. So this is kind of hard to find this piece of gear. This is a VHT GP3 valvulator head, and it's a three-channel MIDI head. Uh, the the MIDI I have a pedal hidden somewhere. And we'll use this uh, when we have like a guest guitar player. Tube preamp. Yeah, it's a tube guitar preamp. But um, for the for the speaker simulation, because what we used to do with that is we had a two fifty two power amp we would use, and a two twelve cabinet. It's it's an amazing sound. Uh, what I ended up doing was I set that up in the bathroom over there, and I mic'd it up and I used the two notes torpedo impulse response capture. So if you look over here, or here's the two notes torpedo cab pedal. And the VHT preamp goes right into this, and this has my impulse response that I made of the VHT 252 power amp into the uh, 212 cab with the eminent speakers. It's a really great sound, and that's all this does. It does that one impulse response. So this is a gr an amazing sound. We'll use this when there's guest guitar players, or say I want to give the guest guitar player the helix to have all the bells and whistles, and I just need something, you know, a good rock sound. That's what I'll plug into, and that's hidden under here. I also have a few more pedals here. Okay, I want to talk about this pedal. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. This is probably my favorite guitar pedal ever. 
This is a JHS Andy Timmons pedal. Now, this supposedly this is like a modif like a model of a modified JCM eight hundred, uh, but it's just it just sounds great. This is the best sounding distortion pedal I ever tried, and this is currently going through the one of the loops in the Helix. So I'd say a big a lot a lot of my sounds have this going on really? in, in the loop. Oh yeah, especially the live stream sounds. Okay. It, this is just a it just works really well with the Helix. It plays very well with the digital stuff, and I use this a lot. I love this, love that pedal. And then uh, the other pedal I'm using, I don't even really use this that much, um, but this is a really nifty TC Electronic chorus pedal, this Petrucci chorus pedal. And, uh, you know, this to me, um, the Helix does the choruses pretty well and the flanges, so I don't really end up needing that that much. But the distortion, this is nothing, this is like nothing I could find in the Helix, so I end up using that quite a bit. And then uh, back here for ultimate convenience, I have this little uh, Relay G10 which is really handy in the studio. Um, but live I use the Audio-Technica ones, but in studio that's kind of neat to have, and especially when there's all these cable runs and, and we have like a guest guitar player and I go, here, I hand them that, that's pretty nice. I, I, don't, I don't really want to talk about guitars in this video. I think that's, there's too many of them to talk about and, and um, that would be best used in another video, best done in another video. This is like a weird piece of gear that I have that I thought, you know why am I gonna? Why does someone like me need this piece of gear? We use this thing so much. This is the Roland SP404SX sampler. Um, so what do we do with it? Well, we use it to play little, you know, one shots. So for example, like when we did the Bohemian Rhapsody live thing, we had the opera section, boom, on a pad there. Um, I use this with Blue Oyster Cult when we did the Agents of Fortune stuff. I had all the samples on here, all the little one shot sound sound samples. It's a really useful unit. You don't know how much you're gonna need this until you get it and you find ways to use it. Also, it has all these like nifty um, voice changing, you know, filters. filters on it, whatnot. Yeah, it's it's really handy to have. I'm, it's one of those pieces of gear that you know I was hesitant to buy, but ever since I got it, I end up finding ways to use it all the time. So that's sort of hanging out here. Um, got PlayStation Four. Uh, okay. Because. I don't know, it was on sale or something. So, <laughs> so down there, I got two patch bays. I did a video on patch bays, and you can see how I have them set up. It's just, I basically have everything normal to what I need it to do. Right. Again, speed. It's got to be fast. That's how I, that's, you know, also like the nature of the kind of non-band geek work I get. Uh, when I have to like compose something for uh, uh, corporate. Right. And they'll be like, hey, um, there's a convention tomorrow. We have a new product. Can you, you know, do this thing and have it to us by tomorrow morning? And yes. <laughs> and I can, I can do that because of this system. Oh, let's talk about software. I use Pro Tools. Um, I know that there's a lot of options these days. I use Pro Tools because it was what I was trained to use in college. Um, and it's just I got so used to using it. So that's, that, there's really no other reason. I like Pro Tools just fine. Um, for video editing, I use a combination of Magix Vegas, and I use, uh, sometimes I'll use Premiere, but it's, uh, most of the stuff I do is on Magix Vegas. And um, yeah, uh, let's talk about uh, plugins for a second. That's a question we get asked a lot. So I, I, keep, <laughs> I keep playing the piano with my ass. So um, plugins. I like Waves plugins. I, I have... A big plugin we use a lot of, especially on the vocals, is CLA vocals. Um, it's just easy and fast. So whatever's faster, that's what we, that's what I'm gonna do. CLA bass. CLA bass. Uh, we both love that plugin. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, same a thing. Fast. Yeah, Andy's dad loves that plugin. <laughs> he he, his dad says, "How did you get that bass sound?" It's like it's, and he goes, "It's not his. It's Chris Algie's bass sound." <laughs> in a, in a plugin. Another thing a lot of people ask us about is is our drum sound. So, the, we almost never use the drum sound from the drum kit. Right. It's always, we'll, we record MIDI and then put the sounds on afterwards or trigger samples or whatever. Um, we listen to the drum sounds while we're tracking, and that's because I don't want to deal with latency or anything like that. But in terms of plugins, if I have to do something really detailed, like if, if I know I have to sit in, like for example, the Heart of Sunrise video, where it was such a specific 
drum sound, I use BFD because BFD has an insane amount of options. Uh, it's a system hog, and it's it could be daunting to deal with. Right. Uh, but if I want to just you know throw something on really quick, I'll end up using uh, Abbey Road Drummer Native Instruments. That's what you've been using a lot. Yeah, because they have like 60s, 70s, 80s, and modern sounds. And it, it, between that and all the variations and the the tweakability, that's what we'll end up using, and that's most of the time the drum sound. Um, in terms of other plugins. The Helix plugin you use, you said. Yeah, I use Helix Nate. Like the big ones that are like really a part of the sound that we get down here are the, the CLA, you know, vocals and bass. We love those. Uh, we love the, you know, native instruments. Uh, for the keyboard sounds, we'll use a combination of, uh, you know, contact stuff and also sample tank we use quite a bit of. Sample tank. Um, and and uh, the native uh Pro Tools. Uh, oh, yeah, expand. Plugins. We love expand. We'll use expand. We'll use the the. We don't care. <laughs> we love expand. We don't care who knows it. Because uh, me and Eddie have a joke. Like when we're sitting here fishing for sounds, we'll look on Sample Tank for hours, and then we'll and pull up on expand. And everywhere else too. Yeah, and it'll, it'll, it'll just, now Sample Tank has amazing sounds, but it'll be like one particular sound, and and we'll just end up on expand. We said, why don't we start here? <laughs> it's just so stupid. But uh, uh yeah. we'll also use the micro piano that comes with Pro Tools. The, yeah. the, the organ one. I like the DB33. DB I like that a lot. That, that works great. I, we've even used that with just the Leslie. Yes, we'll run exactly. Yeah. We'll do that. And uh I like, you know, the Renaissance Reverb, the H delay. I, I I'm mostly in terms of processing, I mostly use the wave stuff. It's just I've always had it. Mm -hmm. Um their tech support's good. It's, you know, I'm I, I like using it. Uh, I'm a big fan of the L2. That's a fun plug-in for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. The SSL EQ. I'm all over that. I, that's my favorite EQ to use. I use a ton of that. I like the um, 1176 compressors, uh, the CLA76. I like the um, uh, Puig Child right. and the Puig Techs. Uh, the, I'm a big fan of the Puig Tech. That, uh, I, I, what I use that for is... I find with that compressor, I'm sorry, with that uh, EQ, is that you can just pile on the high end and it never gets uncomfortable to listen to. Yeah, it's yeah, always yeah, like yeah, nice yeah. and smooth and you can make something shiny sounding without it causing pain, which is which is good. Uh, so that's it for the plugin. So now I want to talk about the uh, the live streaming stuff. So live streaming is something that I've, we've really gotten into for the last year and a half maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, we started doing band geek game stuff right. like encore and then i ended up doing solo stuff and then me and andy will do like we'll recreate a whole album uh, album <laughs> uh track we'll record it like one one track at a time we'll show people how it's done so i, re I really like live streaming because it it kind of like breaks down the barrier between what we're doing and what the people uh, watching at home are doing and it makes us like one entity and we can have a very it's a live experience. We can have it's instant feedback. So um, the live streaming, and I want to give a I want to give a shout out to somebody uh, to Scene of Action Music on Twitch. I watched Scene of Action Music. I was just looking at Twitch one day to watch video games, uh, you know, live streams of video games, and I I came across this guy, and he. His live streams blew my mind, and not only that, when I when I hit him up on Twitter and I asked him some questions, he actually answered me and told me exactly what he was doing. Right. So, uh, so thank you for his name is Monty. Thank you very much, Monty, for your help and and your guidance on this stuff. It's been great. So to live stream, a couple things. I use uh, I use an Audio Technica mic. I actually use the um, thirty three hundred, which is the handheld version of this, and that goes into the SSL. But in, in the insert of the SSL, I use this uh, DBX-163 one-knob compressor, or yes. one-slider compressor. This just keeps my voice from blowing up the stream, because mm -hmm. vocals are pretty dynamic. Um, also, back to this, this is a part of the live stream. Uh, the, you know, the Motu 1248 has effects built in, but this is like a more robust effects processor. This is a, um, a TC Electronic M1. That's what we, we use that for the live stream. One thing that I, I uh, added recently just to, to facilitate making the live streams easier is this screen. This is a Dell touchscreen um, to go with my Dell computer. <laughs> so um, this 
right now we're looking at the Motu interface. And as you can see, I have all the auxes here, everything at my fingers. Um, this makes the live streaming incredibly easier. And I've, it's, it's got full EQ, compressor, uh, reverb. It's got everything built into here. And we use it and we'll save different scenes. They also added this, this touch mix thing. So if I want to like, you know, really get in there and, and EQ something, I can. It's very, it's a very handy addition to this. I love this whole interface with, with Motu. It's awesome. Another thing I got for the live streaming only is this. This is the Stream Deck. This is from a company named Elgato. And this allows me to, you know, do sound effects, camera angle changes, lighting changes. I can do whatever I want from this thing. It was very inexpensive, and for the amount of stuff this does, it's an incredible piece. Um, we used to try to do it with the mouse or with that. I actually got this for Brandy, mm -hmm. who I think used it once. Right. Because, so, you know, Andy has a restaurant now, by the way. If you're in Brooklyn, go to the Copper Pot in Red Hook. Yeah. See how I did that? There you go. Like that? Okay. I like that. Um, so that's another piece of, like, stream-only gear. Uh, we should also talk about all these lights. Uh, so... I, I got lights because I saw Monty use them, uh, and they're controlled here. The lighting program I use is the uh, American DJ My DMX. Now, right now, we're not actually looking at this computer. This is remote to another computer. That's how I do the lights. So, over here, let's see if you can see that. Let me move this out of the way. Do you, you see this over here? It doesn't matter really what little it looks black like. Box. This little black box. This is a microcomputer that just runs, and we're looking. And this screen right now, we're just looking remotely at that microcomputer. All the only thing that microcomputer does is it runs the lights, and it is connected via MIDI to the computer. So the MIDI interface goes out into this light computer and sends uh, cues. The cameras we use. I have a bunch of these. These are Logitech. Um, these are Logitech, what do they call these? The um, C920s, and I have five of them. Uh, the only trick with using five of these is they all have to go into a different USB port, and you can't plug these into a hub. I mean, you can plug them into a hub if they're the only one in the hub. Right. You can't plug five of these into a hub and have them work. That's the only caveat with this. So, But that, that's what we use, and, and we get good results out of them. They look nice. Uh, for streaming... We use OBS, uh, OBS is open broadcasting software. Uh, we use a service called uh, Restream to go to Facebook and YouTube and Twitch at the same time. Uh, we use a service called Streamlabs that handles all the uh, overlays like when people tip and also the handles our merch. This is a typical track for my live stream. First thing we have here is a video track. Then we have the audio track. And this is just a mix down I've done in another session. Then what we'll have is all this stuff. These are MIDI notes that are the lighting cues. So let's see if I can do this right now. I'll, I'll record and enable this. Okay, yeah. So. Okay, so if, you see what I'm doing right there? Hold on. Okay, <laughs> so what I do is I have all of these mapped, all these different lighting cues mapped to notes from that MIDI software. So when I'm actually listening to the song, I can just perform. The next thing we have in, this, in these sessions is a Helix track. And what this does is it's sending program change information and controller change information. So I can change presets at the right part of the song. I can also do you know uh, fades and control change stuff and expression. It's really cool. Uh, next we have the cameras. So what the cameras do is this is also MIDI notes and uh, each MIDI note represents a different camera change. And what these do is they go out into a virtual port here called Bohms. And I use this software called, uh, can you show this? Bohms uh, MIDI Translator Pro. And it, what it's doing is it's saying, okay, when you receive this note, it means I want you to go to the wide shot. And then it sends a MIDI uh, message out to this little computer over here. And that's how I do that. So that's why it requires two different computers to do it. Then uh, the next thing in Pro Tools I have 
is a reverb and delay bypass. Uh, that goes to the TC Electronic reverb unit. So when, the so when I'm done singing a song, it bypasses the effects. All right, so here's one of my songs. Right, see all the stuff changing. Let me shut this off. So there's this image on the screen that's being played by Pro Tools. All the lights are changing in time. If you look at my helix over here, that's also changing in time. So that went to the right patch. I think there's a, let's see where your helix change is coming. Here we go. So watch this change. It's going to change soon. Two, three, four. All right. So. So that's basically how that works with the stream. Um, it was it took it was a bitch to figure out. It took a long time, a lot of trial and error, a lot of asking Monty questions. Um, oh, one more thing I should point out is back there. It's kind of hidden, but I have an American DJ My DMX3 interface, and that's what goes from the um, the mini computer into all the DMX stuff. This is like a makeshift uh, DMX controller. Uh, and this goes to the wall strip and this controls that. It's pretty cool. Now when we do the live stream with the band, mm -hmm. it's a little bit simpler, but we still use a lot of this stuff. When we do the live stream with the band, you're going to hear those drum sounds. Um, we'll, uh, everything will go direct. Um, one thing we do use a lot down here uh, is this speaker. This is the Line 6 L2M. And uh, what we what we use this for is... When we're here, this is basically our PA. See, uh, a few years ago, Line 6 was doing this thing called the um, the Dream Rig. And uh, the Dream Rigs, the, the thing is like they, they sent me a, a Variax, a Pod HD500X, and that speaker. And that's supposed to be a, a complete rig. And it was great. Uh, but, and you use that on gigs. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's, where, that's where I'm going with this. Sorry. This is not fine. No, it's, it's fine. Um, so this is like when I go do a local gig, I just bring a Helix and that. That's my amp. And that sounds great. But while we're down here recording, this is the whole PA for the, for the whole studio. It, it, and it sounds great. So when we're doing a live stream next Wednesday, um, when we do that, th that's going to be the, the whole PA. The drums, the bass, the guitar, everything's going to come through that. So that's, that's how we do it. And we, um, we, instead of using these, we'll use the handheld mics because there's less bleed. That's another thing. Uh, when we're doing band geek videos, um, everybody wants to know how do you get everything to sound so clean. What I do is I aggressively, aggressively mute. Um, so I like when we're done. The first thing I'll do in a mix is I'll look at the vocal, and when the vocal's not singing, I kill it. It's muted, uh, and that re really um, cuts down the bleed. The worst thing is because this. Can't hear. Yeah. All you would hear is click clack click clack from that, and and heavy breathing. So yeah, that that's basically it. Another important thing that we use both on the live stream and band geek. Actually, the live stream we just use the speaker. Yeah, yeah. But when we do a band geek video, we'll use these headphones. We use um, these are Audio Technica ATM fifties. Sometimes we have the forties too. We have a combination of the both. Uh, so these are the ones I really use. These are these are awesome. These are great headphones, and everybody uses them. But yeah, uh, M, I think it's what, M50 is what they're called. Yeah, ATH M50. All the guitars get Ernie Ball strings. Another thing we like using is uh, the Zoom stuff. Right now we're using it just so I'd be able to use Pro Tools independently. And we end up using this. This is an H6. We use this a lot. Um, it's recording my voice right now. And also, sorry, Andy. Yeah, you can hold it down. You don't have to, you don't have to cover your face, you know. So. This is a little case I had made for uh, the little Q2N cameras, which we'll use when we're doing mobile stuff. Uh, so those are very handy. We I like the Zoom stuff. I think it's good quality. You brought this on the cruise. Yeah, so the cruise, when we did the cruise, we did it all with the Zoom Boat stuff. Boat Geek. Boat Geek, that episode. Go, go watch that now. Another important part about having a good studio and um, a good sounding studio is acoustic treatment. Now this is not a good sounding studio because we do not have proper acoustic treatment. What we do is we have this crap over here on the wall that Andy uh, found in the garbage. I did. And he goes, hey, I got acoustic treatment. And I said, great. So we put that up. Um, 
And also, see this, this horse shitting in the corner? That's, we, that we think that helps. Also, you know what really helps? Is this guitar on the wall. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. If we take this guitar off the wall, it, 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 you hear reflections. This guitar has to stay here. Because it kills reflections. It's, it's science. I didn't make up the rules. It's physics. So, um, and okay, now the big problem in the studio down here that I have is we, when we had Steve Lucera down here, he took me, uh, meter reading at my mix position. Now, I have, there's a big bass problem here. There's like a node where we're not getting bass. But that's okay because it's solutions for these things. There's modern solutions. When you're checking your mix, you let it play and you go upstairs and you make a sandwich, right? And if you go upstairs and you make a sandwich and you just hear, you got to go lower the bass. But if, 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 you can't, if you can't hear the bass, then it's not loud enough. But you can't, see the trick is, and I'm just trying to help you avoid, you know, whackness. It, the, the, it, the, what the trick is, you don't want to think about the bass. You have to, that's why you have to make a sandwich. Because if you make a sandwich, you'll, you won't think about it and you'll passively listen. And passive listening is the best for checking your mix. Because then you'll realize if something's sticking out or not. While we're up there, while we're up there, as you can see, we have uh, some, some uh, important credentials. credentials in the wall. Like when you walk into a doctor's office. Uh, I have my uh, music degrees from Purchase, and, and but you know we don't worry don't worry about those. This is the tough one. This took this is my black belt in kung fu certificate, and it took me ten years because I'm not physically fit, <laughs> and it's from mixing and eating all those sandwiches. <laughs> all right, so that was this episode of Band Geek. I hope you liked it. I hope I answered everybody's questions. Feel free to put more questions in the comments, and I'll do my best to get to all of them. Thank you very much to Andy Ascalise for joining me on this journey today. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you to my cousin Phil Castellano for operating the camera. So any blurriness or shakiness, you know where that's coming from. Yep. <laughs> I'm Richie Castellano. See you next time.